welcome to the Family Business Podcast. We are back with another episode. We're very excited today to talk to our actual first guest. His name is Ian Lambert, and he's part of the Stage One Real Estate team. We're super excited to have him here, and we really just want to get to know him over the course of this episode. So we're going to kick things off. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. Thank you, Kieran. It's a pleasure to be here. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, of your life over over the past, uh, I don't know how old you are. (laughs) So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 29 years old, quickly approaching 30, getting a bit nervous about that and seeing more gray hairs pop up. So a little frown in the morning every every time. So I was born in Kingston, funny enough, to a military brat. Uh, we moved all over the country, but I primarily grew up in Ottawa. Okay. And do you like Ottawa? Love Ottawa. Great city. I will admit it's changed quite a bit since I've been there. When was the last time you lived there? I graduated 2010, probably moved out 2012, and I went and worked on the oil sands in Alberta. Really? Yeah. How, what spurred you to do that? Money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. That's great. That's what most of the people out there go for. And how long were you doing that for? Was that right after school, or what's the deal? Actually, I have a background in land surveying. So I started land surveying in Ottawa probably for about a year or two. Uh, and then I went out west, uh, decided to get the industrial land surveying experience, make a bunch of money, see what it's about. And what it's about is working 75 hours a week, that makes 24 sense. days in a row. Was it what you expected? A lot less work. A lot <laughs> less work than you expected? Yes. Okay. Did you enjoy it for the time that you were doing it? Not terribly. Okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> like, I mean, if it's a learning experience, it's a learning experience. Yeah. So... What I meant by it's a lot less work was there's a lot of paperwork you have to fill out every morning because there's sometimes deaths on site. So Because uh, of you or uh, for another reason? Well, it depends if I've had my meals or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you tend up getting paid, you know, three or 12 hours a day are sitting in a van writing out paperwork. Ah, I see. Uh, yeah, sipping coffee. I mean, it's good for what you do now if you're already primed to do paperwork. So that's great. That's true, yeah. And that's, sipping coffee. I do a lot of that. Yeah, that's great. Sounds like it's... Connecting the dots really nicely. So what did you do after that, and what caused you to want to leave? Uh, actually, the gas prices dropped, uh, so they were laying off a bunch of workers. Okay. So what year is this in? 2012. Okay. I don't know. The years get hazy. So how old are you at the time, like 22, 23? 23, yeah. Okay. 22, 23, yeah. And what prompted you to come back to Ontario, and where did you go? Uh, well, I had a bunch of money saved up, and I didn't really have anywhere to go, so I moved back in with my parents for a year. Smart move. Um, and I started trying to do IT courses, funny enough. Uh, so I did some of those at Algonquin College in Ottawa. I uh, realized that that's not for me either and continued back in land surveying and moved down to Muskoka. So I just want to jump in here for a second. I actually didn't know that you worked on like the oil fields. Like, I've known you for like six months at least. So that's really interesting. I'm just curious more about like the logistics of like the day to day. Like, did you like live with other guys? Were you in an apartment? Like if you're working for like 24 hours a day, like when did you eat like those kind of day to day activities? Mm -hmm. Um, Those are very important activities that take up a lot of time and are partly the reason why I left. Um, So I went out there originally. I just drove from Ottawa to Fort McMurray, no stops straight through overnight with one other friend of mine. Um, didn't have a place to stay when I got there, but I knew that Fort McMurray, there's always people wanting work and renting apartments and stuff. So I was kind of winging it, thinking that I was going to get an apartment really quickly. And it worked out because I got beautiful, just built, never been lived in uh, basement apartment, which I split with that friend. That's great. That I drove out there Is with. Is he still out there? Uh, no, he moved back to Ottawa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, 
And then, yeah, so I, I had to leave every morning from that apartment to go up to the oil sands, and it's about a half-hour drive to the closest mine site. There's three big mine sites when you're up there. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I was working 12 hours a day. Did they feed you? Uh, no, I had to bring my own lunch. That's so stressful. I was my getting paid something like $38 an hour. So you could afford lunch. And then you'd get paid time and a half after 40 hours, and you're working 75 hours a week. So you were fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were fine. You could buy lunch every day. Very that just much. like stresses me out. Like I like, it bothers me in a day when I'm working, when I'm like, okay, when am I going to schedule an eating? Like mm. I love eating. <laughs> and like, so to like think about someone who's like working in like the oil fields or like someone who's like in the military, like out in mm -hmm. the middle of like a war zone, like when do you eat? Like that would cause me stress and I don't think I'm cut out for either of those <laughs> jobs, but I think everyone knew that already. Yeah, it definitely so. gave me a lot of respect for people who work shifts. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you're, you're really putting your life on hold and then, you know, doing what your employer wants for a certain amount of period, whatever that was. For me, it was 24 days in a row. Yeah. Which was excessive. So how long did you have off after 24 days working? Four days. And that it was the legal. Is that legal? That was the bare legal requirement. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So how long were you there then for before? That really prepped him for his real estate career <laughs> when there's no days off. Yeah. yeah. Um, how long were you there for before the gas prices dropped and then you got laid off? Uh, a year. A I want to say a year. I mean, okay. it was probably like 11 months or something. That's fair. And what? let's say, okay, th th I'm hearing a lot of negative things about the job and not that it's negative it just sounds stressful or like high impact or whatever what's your like favorite memory from being out there oddly enough it was getting out of the door before 5 a.m and driving for an hour with a big pot of coffee pitch black and just they had satellite radio in all the trucks out there at okay. least the new ones uh so you really got to put on whatever you wanted to listen to and just kind of like warm up for the day with a big pot of coffee Th but. that makes sense to me every single time i'm filming a video with ian for a social media he's like it's like three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> he's like i i have to have another coffee like i let me just get in one more sip of coffee before we do this so that that adds up i could see that mm -hmm. okay so you're done there then and you come back to ottawa how long were you in ottawa before you moved to kingston I lived with my parents, who's actually close to Kingston, uh, Forfar, which is a small township about 45 minutes north on Highway 15. Uh, I lived there for about a year, just kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I got into some IT courses, uh, and I took that at Algonquin College. Uh, I realized that wasn't for me either. Um, so I went down to Muskoka and went back into the land surveying industry and started working on the billionaire properties that they're building on the big lakes out there, which really gave me uh, a good eye-opening experience for wealth and properties. That you wanted it? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it, and, and I wanted to work with the properties. <laughs> that's fair. So that's cool, though, that you got to see, like, the highest end spectrum of the properties oh, as well. Yeah. Because then you know, now being in the real estate industry, like what people are like, specifically when they're moving from Muskoka to Kingston, because we do see that like transition a lot, especially for like summer and winter homes, mm -hmm. like kind of the level of homes that they live in mm -hmm. and like what the expectation is. Okay, so you're in Muskoka then. You're seeing all this wealth. It's very nice. What drew you out of Muskoka then, if it was so excellent? Uh, I kind of felt like I plateaued in the land surveying field. So I had in that jump from Fort McMurray to Muskoka, I gone from being an outdoor doing the field work to being indoors and doing calcs and drafting up plans and stuff. Uh, and I just felt like I wasn't getting enough experience. 
and it was this tiny little land surveying company too. It was, it was Bracebridge, so it's a town of twelve thousand people. Yeah. Um. So then I, I also met my beautiful love of my life there, who uh, will be joining us shortly. Um. How did you guys meet? I knew this question was coming up. <laughs> I was, was going to try and like brush like over it as it quick as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it embarrassing? No, Tinder? it's not embarrassing. No. It, it's embarrassing for me because I'm a big manly man and it's too sappy and cute. Okay, <laughs> okay, give me the rundown then. I want to hear it. So she was a teller at your independent grocer grocery store in Bracebridge. Okay. I had gone into that grocery store every day for my lunch, um, so I pretty well knew all the regular employees there. And then I think it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday, I walked in there and I saw this teller. Who I hadn't seen before, and she You're had like, that one. <laughs> she had every client in her lineup, and there was like two or three other tellers there. And she had everybody going through her teller because she was the new face, and she's young and beautiful and um, Australian. Yes, and I, I hadn't found that out yet <laughs> yeah. at the time, but uh, quickly as I went through her cash, because again she was new and young and beautiful. <laughs> She started chatting me up and then like get to talk about how she was enjoying Canada because I realized she was from Australia and winter was approaching pretty quickly. This was November at that time and that she hadn't gone through a, a real Canadian winter yet. And I chickened out. I just paid for my groceries and left and thought it was a great conversation. Uh, but then as I was walking out to the car, put my groceries in it, I realized, oh, I should probably go back through. I maybe forgot a grocery or two. I, I didn't really forget a grocery. Or two. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of cute because it quickly became our theme again. Uh, I went and I got walnuts because I eat walnuts every morning because I okay. like to stay healthy. Uh, and I went through her cash just with walnuts, nothing else, for the second time. And she looked me dead in the eyes. She said, you really needed these walnuts, did you? I said, yes. Yes, I really needed these <laughs> walnuts. Um, and then she said, right. The phone number she gave me, she said, this is the most expensive phone number you got cost you $14 because of the walnuts. Okay, there and you go. the walnuts have been our theme ever ever since. We got like a walnut table made for us. and That's so cute. Yeah. She's <laughs> bold. Like I can like tell like meeting her like she's a bold like woman who like she's confident. Like, she's a go-getter. She's good. I like her a lot. She's a power woman for sure. So I've heard Viv's side of this story <laughs> and what she actually told me is all of the cashiers thought Ian was cute and he is, just for the record, he's handsome. Um, and they all kind of had their sights on him. And she thought, uh-uh, girls, this one's for me. <laughs> and she said that she thought that immediately the first time that she saw you. So that is a very sweet story. No wonder I like it better when she tells the story. <laughs> Fair enough. So you met her then. And did you guys decide to move to Kingston together? Was she looking to like... Uh, yeah, she quickly got a new job in the bank and started... You know, skyrocketing through the roles there. Was she in the bank in Bracebridge? Uh, initially, yes. And then she okay. went to a couple other towns that are just uh, around each other okay. in Muskoka. Um, and then we both kind of felt... She, I grew up in Ottawa. She grew up in Perth, Australia. They're both, you know, cities of over a million people, give or take. Okay. Uh, so we kind of felt like Muskoka was a little bit too drastic a change for our lifestyle. And we wanted something kind of in between that wasn't immediately around another big city. For example, like GTA. Yeah. Uh, we wanted something that was of the population of like Ajax or something, but without all the busyness of the GTA. That makes sense. So that kind of limited a lot of cities actually throughout Canada. Because if you look at it, they're all kind of based to right around the bigger ones. Mm -hmm. um, 
So it really kind of narrowed it down to Kingston and Kelowna, BC, funny enough. Okay, those are two very different places. You should have mm-hmm. moved to Kelowna, I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> we still plan on visiting there for sure. Have you ever been there before? No, never no. been there. But okay. that, again, that's kind of on par for my what I do, right? I yeah. like to move out places without having a place to stay at. Yeah, um, that's cool. But my parents were close to Kingston. They're getting up there in age. We have cottages, or I have cottages close by. Um, so we just decided that it'd probably be better for us to move to Kingston to be close to my parents and and in no so, uh, no small part close to the cottages. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Hmm. So you're in Kingston now. What have you been doing? Give us like the rundown in the last two years. So the last two years, funny enough, I actually purchased my property two years ago. Uh, just before COVID really started affecting the housing market, it was kind of like a nice little lull where interest rates were dirt cheap and the houses hadn't just begun to take off. I should have got in then. Yeah. <laughs> and I credit again my beautiful partner because uh, she was listening to all the mortgage brokers inside the, the bank and she kind of was like, well, now is the best time to do it. Yeah. Um, and I'm just the man who smiles and nods and it ended up buying me a house. I would like to do that. I could smile and nod and then a house appear, but unfortunately the market doesn't work with smiles and nods right now, (laughs) but hopefully again soon. Uh, So funny enough, I purchased my house back then. Uh, I kind of thought, man, land surveying really gave me a lot of knowledge about real estate, at least properties and title and easements and all that fun jargon. Yeah. So that's when I kind of started thinking I should go into real estate and Viv, she actually encouraged me to go ahead and do it. So with a little bit of encouragement, I actually went up and signed up the courses and started hammering them out as best I could. They're quite extensive now. (laughs) Were you doing them while you were working full-time? Yes. Yeah, okay. So you're still doing land surveying full-time while you're doing your real estate courses. Yes. That's Uh, a lot. (laughs) It was a lot, Yeah. yeah. Too much for me, in fact. So I think probably about halfway through the courses, I started doing part-time land surveying and then okay. just focusing on the schoolwork. Okay. Uh, and yeah, that worked much better for my mental health and quality of life. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you met us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So how and did life you will meet? never ever be the same? <laughs> yeah, probably for the for the worse, not <laughs> for the better. But no, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. So how did you come across the Doherty family? What has brought you to our living room here today? Well, luckily enough, my partner has a coworker who is good friends with Sherry. And he was such a gentleman and a hero and introduced me to my future partner here, real estate partner. He did. So my side of the story was I have a very good friend with whom I used to work with at my prior employer. And we've both gone on to different careers now, but we have stayed in touch. And he called me one day and just said, hey, you were the most amazing leader and mentor I ever had professionally. And I know a young gentleman who is the partner of one of my amazing branch managers. And I think that you should talk to him. He's just finishing up his real estate license. And I think that you should talk to him, at least give him some advice, would you have a coffee with him, see what's going on because this friend of mine has been, you know, watching my career progress over the last couple of years and had worked with me for a very long time. So knew exactly who I was and what I was about. And literally I have really high standards and I've told you this before, (laughs) but I have really high standards. So I said, okay, you can give him my number. 
we'll see what happens. I'll have a coffee with them. And I definitely have high standards. So I was really pleased because this was probably Thursday of a long weekend. And our mutual friend said, I think he'll call you next week because he doesn't want to bother you on the long weekend. He didn't know yet that realtors don't have weekends. <laughs> Just saying. And lo and behold, bright and early Monday morning, Ian called me. So check one for Ian. He followed up. He made the call, which is something absolutely realtors have to do all yeah, the time. Turns out that's important. It's definitely important. We set a date to meet for coffee the next day, I think at four o'clock. And one of my life goals is to always be on time, which means 15 minutes early and before the other party, particularly clients. And I was delighted that Ian was there before me. So mm. even though we set to meet at four o'clock, I got there about 10 to four. You must have been there about quarter to four. He yeah. immediately jumped out of the car and said, hey, you must be Sherry. And he was dressed appropriately which is really, really important to me <laughs> from a brand perspective and a professionalism perspective. He had a notepad in his hand and a pen and a big smile and shook my hand. <laughs> and those are all really important, like check, 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 check things for me. Oh, joke's on you. I can barely learn how to write. <laughs> so the funny part of that story actually is the place that we tried to go to was closed. And so then we tried to go to a second place, which was also closed. And so we were kind of having a laugh and shrugging it off and saying, well, this is what happens. You got to roll with it. And we ended up at Boston Pizza yeah. randomly. And you were great. I told you it was click, click, click. And you were checking all the boxes because you were interested and you asked really smart questions and you were taking notes and you were engaged and you made great eye contact. And I'm sure that you were late for dinner with Vivian. Because at some point we said, oh, it's been two hours. I guess we should probably wrap this up because it was getting close to dinner time. The big thing for me, and we're going to get into this, is that was when we were planning the DMG conference. Mm -hmm. So we've shared with our listeners that we hold a family strategic planning conference every year for our businesses. And last year was the first time that we had invited guests. So I invited you and you immediately said, yes, when is it? <laughs> you literally did not hesitate. You didn't say we were crazy. You didn't ask any questions in particular other than this seems like a great thing and I want to be around your energy. And so when is it? I'll book time off work. Mm -hmm. And I, so I'm there. When is it? That's exactly <laughs> what you said. So I'm sure Smad, particularly, probably Terry will remember saying when I was coming home, like, how, how was the guy? What happened? What was he like? And Smad, I was being like, wow, this guy checked all the boxes. He seems too good to be true. Click, click, click. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I remember you called me on your drive home and I could just hear you like beaming through the phone. Like you were like, I met someone who like matches our level of energy and like professionalism and who's looking to like join the real estate industry. And at the time I wasn't sure if you were ready to like build your team or not, if you wanted anyone underneath you, because that was, that's something huge as well. Like we're very individuals and like, I, I don't know if I could ever work on a team. Like that's not really my thing. And like, I think you were thinking about as well, like, is this something I'm going to be able to do? And, but you found the right person and like made it work and you were just so excited about it also. That's all very true, actually, because in my head, so I've probably been in real estate about two and a half years at the point where you and I met. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I thought, hmm, sometime in the next three to five years, I'll start thinking about growing a team. To be honest, from my prior career, I had burnt out on people management. Mm. And I 
didn't think it was something that I wanted to sign up for again, although I don't manage you, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the model in this world, which is wonderful. I will tell you, though, that I had had exploratory conversations with one or two other people <sighs> who definitely did not check the boxes. Oh, so it please was a, go further into these. <laughs> it's for a bottle of wine conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so you definitely checked the boxes and responded appropriately, and here we are now. Mm. So we will be having guests on that were in attendance at that DMG conference. If you wanted to spend a couple minutes just explaining to our listeners what happened at the DMG conference and what your view of the whole thing was and how you felt afterwards, because that was like your first deep dive into the Doherty's. <laughs> it was very deep. Um, first off, it was a great experience. It was very genuinely tailored to help you succeed at whatever you wanted to succeed. So there was a bunch of different small business owners around the table with various different uh, problems or goals that they wanted to reach. And the conference was really tailored and it really helped me kind of visualize those and kind of see a path to achieve them. Um, and I know it helped a bunch of the other uh, small business owners there as well. First off, they also had really great coffee. <laughs> I was going to say, there was great food also. <laughs> like, there was, oh, like, food. there was too much food. But <laughs> it was... But Terry was responsible. Yes, my dad was responsible for getting the food. And when he is responsible for things like that, it is in excess. Um, so, it was great. So, yeah, the conference was fantastic. And did you feel, like, more confident about going into real estate after that? Like, did you feel like you were headed in the right direction? Or were you, like, more confused, more overwhelmed? Like, I'm actually, like... A business owner now I'm gonna work for myself I'm gonna do this it was certainly not confused because uh, I knew exactly what I had to do um, because that's what we've worked on for the past two days at that point but certainly I had like a lot of nervous energy it's like okay like now it's game time I spent two days assessing what I need to do put it into motion let's go um, now you just needed to execute yeah Kind of like, I don't know, if you before like a big sports event or something, you know, you kind of get like nervous jitters, like the adrenaline's kind of pumping. Yeah. Um, that's that's the experience that I had. But again, I grew up playing a lot of sports, so it maybe was just a very... It's a good analogy though, <laughs> for you. You did all the training, you were there, you mm. passed all the exams, mm -hmm. now it's game time. Yeah, exactly. So, now that you're in game time and you're doing real estate, mm. how do you feel? Uh, busy. Busy. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's good. Yes. You just came from an open house. Yes, I did. So that's Beautiful a classic day. Sunday. Mm -hmm. but it's been great. So what does your week look like right now being in real estate? Constantly trying to network. Somehow it always, you always have to network, even if it's going out for a coffee with a friend, try and fit that into your schedule. And then it's maintaining your clients that you do have and making sure that they feel heard and all their needs are addressed. Currently, I have a couple listings on the market right now that need buyers, so I'm really going to be trying to source those buyers. Absolutely. That does sound exciting, though. It's nice to be in a very like client-facing type of industry where you get to network with people and you get to like see your friends and see the inside of people's homes. Like mm -hmm. That's such an intimate experience mm -hmm. that you get to like move them from where they are now into a completely new stage in their life. Because when you think about like when I think about eras in my life, they take place in homes. Like I think like the time period that we lived 
in this specific house in Barrie or when we lived in a specific house in Kingston before where we moved to like now. Mm -hmm. So you're really setting the tone in the next era for someone or someone's family's life. Mm-hmm. This so I, you're setting the stage for <laughs> someone's one. life. Yes, yeah, stage one real estate. <laughs> so that's like got to be such an honor and a privilege to be a part of that. And I know you're very much in the early stages, stage one. Um, <laughs> but how do you feel about like being you're, involved in that? You're dead on. Uh, honestly, that was a huge driving factor for why I wanted to do this as well is... You know, every time anybody moves, it's a big experience. There's a lot of emotions, whether they're negative or positive. Yeah. They're usually positive because people are excited to move and go somewhere new. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be able to give something back to people and have a sense of gratitude and felt like I really did something for our family this day or, or whenever they're moving or selling or buying or estate sales. Those are, those are less fun, but that's valid. <laughs> but, but yeah, either no, way, that's... you know, I, I wanted to help families and, uh, I wanted that sense of gratitude to get personally, I wanted to get gratitude from what I do in a day. Um, so previously in land surveying and engineering, everything is a big rush, lots of fires to put out and they're never put out quick enough. Okay. Uh, so there's not a lot of gratitude in that. Um, and yeah, you're, you're dead on. That's a lot of, that's a big driving reason why I wanted to get into this business. So do you feel satisfied on a day-to-day like basis now with your career over land survey? Yes. Yes. Uh, and the satisfaction even comes from just like communicating with your clients and having them be happy with you taking the extra time out of your day to get an answer for them. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Do you enjoy, and this is something that I enjoy like in my career, but when I drive past a house that has your for sale sign on it or like my mom's for sale sign, it's so rewarding. Like, first of all, I designed the for sale sign. So I see it and I'm like, I did that. That's cool. But you must drive past that and be like, I'm the guy. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. (laughs) That's my face. That's me. That's my face that like, Hundreds of people like drive by or walk by every single day. Like mm-hmm. that's a really cool feeling. Mm-hmm. So. I, yeah, I kind of think everybody takes pride in what they do, though, right? So I worked on a bunch of construction sites as well, and I can tell you for a fact, every tradesman that works on or helps build a building or a subdivision, whenever they drive by that, they're always like, "Huh, I worked on that building." That's cool. I like that. Like I'm very driven by legacy. Um, Mm. and like putting your fingerprints on something physical or tangible in the world. So I think that's very cool that like other people think about it in that perspective as well. And I'm not just this like crazy, like, (laughs) but that's really cool. I've never thought about the fact that like when someone builds a house, Mm -hmm. they're going to drive by that house forever and be like, I I built that. I'm a part of that history now. And then you now get to step in and be a part of the history of selling and transferring that home from person to person. Yep. So that's very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so I feel like we've gotten like a good wrap up of like where you were and where you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and every episode we always do a final five, and normally my dad does it, but he's not here right now. He's at the Blue Jays game, oh, enjoying boy. his Sunday. So we are here doing the podcast without him. So I will take hold of the final five. Okay. All right, first question What is your favorite book you've ever read and why? Ever read and why? Um, I'm a big fan of historical fiction okay i love history and just because history is not crazy enough i like a little fantasy story intertwined into real historic events okay so to summarize um i'm gonna have to not pick a single book but pick a whole series and go with the sharp series by bernard cornwell 
I'm not going to pretend like I know what that is, but I'm happy for you in that series. Thank you. It's, <laughs> cool. uh, it follows Wellington's um, military career against Napoleon across the globe. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Matt <laughs> should be on the next episode. And you guys can banter about uh, military history. I'm sure he would enjoy that. Yeah. Um, okay, what is your favorite concert you've ever been to? It was a small concert in Barrie, which you guys are familiar with. I am Probably familiar one of with the, Barrie. <laughs> is there a, a club down there called Crazy Horse or something? Um, no, it's uh, The Ranch. The Ranch. The Ranch. Do they, they host uh, shows there sometimes? Uh, I was like 12 when we moved. Okay. So yeah. I never went there when so we lived there. But not I, a big fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. But I'm sure they probably do. I know they have a stage. And mm-hmm. Well, there's this great local... Well, local uh, Ontario musician called uh, Afi. I forget his last name to be I'm honest. Not going to pretend. But like the I band know name is. is Bahamas. Okay. And they're fantastic. You should look them up. And what type of music? Like kind of acoustic funk. It really depends on the album. He okay. uh, goes through different waves. Some of them are more upbeat. Some of them are a bit slower. Cool. Uh, I think you'd enjoy it. Personally. Okay, that sounds like my vibe. I yeah. will definitely check that out. <laughs> Bahamas. Third question: What is your favorite trip you've ever been on? I did learn to swim in Greece, so I'm going to have to say Greece. Okay, that's Those are cool. some good memories. Were you a child? No, I was like 16. I'm joking. I was a child. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say. I'm like, hold on. That's very cool. That that would be a very cool place to learn how to swim. Mm-hmm. Well, it was out of necessity. My brothers kept breaking my water wings. Mm-hmm. Very nice of them. <laughs> <laughs> Final question. If you could build your dream home from scratch, what would it look like? Oh, I'd be on a lake. It'd be on a lake somewhere up here in Canada. It'd be a walkout basement with a big deck uh, up top. So you can kind of walk from the main floor, which would be with the kitchen area, right onto the deck, look at the lake. Um, Ideally, I'd like to have a gym in the basement. So we're talking like some nine feet ceilings. Okay, okay, very cool. Like full squat rack, like full squat rack, get the the CrossFit rings coming down from the ceiling, you know, bolted in. That sounds great. Uh, and have that whole back wall, the walkout, just with windows and you know okay. double sliding doors. So you can get, again, the view when you're lifting weights. All right. Well, when you're ready to sell that home, I will purchase <laughs> yeah. it. I will build it, then sell it. Okay. Sounds <laughs> great. This has been really great, Ian. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And you were officially our first guest. So that's, that's an honor for you. We are so happy that we've gotten to know you. I'm so happy to have the opportunity to work with you. And thank you for jumping into all our family crazy. I know that there's only a amazingly bright future ahead of you and uh, look forward to having you on again in the future to let us all know you even a little bit more. And then you can tell us in about six months how six months of real estate's going. Sounds good. Thank you to every one of our listeners. And we look forward to being back with you in a couple of weeks with our next episode. Have a great day. 